welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest, Steve Buzagani is a recognized expert in strategic appreciation and is an author, speaker, and consultant. He has worked with nationally ranked sales teams at companies like Berkshire Hathaway, Keller Williams, and Remax. Steve is best known for his ability to leave unique, long-lasting, and positive impressions on people, hopefully all of you. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Tell us, uh, before we get into exactly what you do over at the Appreciation Advocate, and by the way, I was looking at your website before I started this show, and uh, I, I think I have, I think I'm going to work with you guys because I, I have somebody I would like to send a gift to. So tell us how you got yeah. here. Are you here? For, are you from a family of entrepreneurs? The first, like what led you to entrepreneurship? Yeah, actually I am. Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that. So my my mom actually started a, a commercial cleaning business, or actually a, a cleaning service in 1985, cleaning people's homes. Uh, she And she was doing residential stuff. And then she met my dad and he had more of a sales business mind. And he was like, you know, hey, Donna, you're, uh, you have this one account, commercial cleaning account, and that's making more money than all of the other accounts. You should start slowly cutting away the residential stuff and start doing commercial only. So she got into that, and so I grew up, of course, cleaning floors mm. in commercial buildings. And so, uh, you know, we helped my mom run the business. Um, and then I got into uh, accounting in school in, in in college, and I was like, all right, this is cool. This is the safe bet. This is what everybody else tells me to do. Um, so I'll always have a job if I'm in accounting. I heard that a million times. So I got into that, and then I uh, I realized I hated it, and I was like, this is not for me. I love numbers, but I I'm not a numbers guy eight hours a day for 30 years. So I go into, I said, I, but one problem is it's senior year and I have no, it's like, I can't start oh over gosh. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I said, I need some kind of job that doesn't have much, that doesn't have a ton of prerequisites. So I found real estate and I was like, okay, there's no, there's no ceiling to that income. And they basically, all I need is the ability to fog a mirror. Let's jump on into that. <laughs> so I jumped in and they didn't tell me initially that there was no floor either. So I basically had to struggle for a little bit, making oh. like $400, uh, $400 a week for like the first year of my career. But then um, I finally figured it out and started building relationships. And once I figured out how to build relationships, I was like, okay, then you start going on, you know, rookie of the year wearing all the other fun stuff and, you know, all of the uh, silly accolades that they give you in real estate. Uh, two questions then. So did you, do you, do you still do any real estate stuff? And then also what led you to then sort of pivot from there and start the company, you know, you're working with now, uh, the the appreciation advocate. Yeah. So good question. The, I do still sell real estate now. So basically like, I don't like, I don't go crazy actively like prospecting for new business. Like I used to, I apologize. My dog is like feeding the crap out of my leg. So That's I all right. probably can hear it. We like dogs. <laughs> so, like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's literally kicking my knees. But, um, so, but yeah, so basically what I did is I got involved with a, um, uh, where well, I, I apologize, my dog was cracking. That's we okay. Were, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so yeah, I, you I, still I, do yeah. real estate, but then what? What? How? Yeah, what, so, how did you pivot yes. and slide into? The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what happens is I didn't. I I actually I don't actively prospect for new business anymore. What I do is like if you were in the club, like if you if I sold you a home seven years ago and you say, Hey, Steve, I need to move. Sure. Absolutely, I'll help you. But I'm not gonna go like I'm not gonna start knocking on everyone's door mm -hmm. around here and being like, Hey, like, are you looking to sell? Or are you looking to move? Or do you know anyone? Like, I'm not doing any of that anymore. Um, 
what I, and then the pivot came, what happened is I started becoming known as the, I started doing, I, I was on a team. So when you're on a team, the team feeds you leads like more than you can handle a lot of the time. And then you have your own sphere of influence. And so usually when you're on a team, that sphere of influence doesn't usually compete with the team leads. Like there's usually way more team leads. Now my sphere of influence was doing so well. I was actually still doing 73% of my business by referral, which was a really high number for being on a team. So a lot, I started becoming known as like the referral guy around the office. Cause I, I really pushed hard on that because I liked working with those people more than I liked, you know, the random Zillow phone call or, um, you know, door knocking complete or cold calling complete strangers. So uh, that's when I'm, started asking me enough for uh, enough advice for that kind of stuff they were like can you teach me how to do this and I was just like okay cool yeah no problem do all these things start giving them gifts and do this and do that and do that and they're like that sounds great but I don't have time for that I was like there's a market there mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, and I was like I so I that's how appreciation advocate was born very cool very cool yeah well t- let's dive a little bit further into the company um you know what, what makes your company your gifting company specifically so much better than the other gifting companies uh mine is built specifically for affordability and small businesses so like i a lot of these gifting companies what they do is like I, when i was starting the company i looked at some of the co- consultation fees of some of these companies it's like 10 15 20 25000 for just the consulting like oh my i gosh. haven't even bought a haven't even bought a gift yet and it's like, oh my God. I, so my target audience is mom and pop, average Joe, uh, the solopreneur. And it's like, those people don't show up for $15,000 consulting fees. Like that's it. That's, that's the gifting budget for the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So like, so I'm like, I, I, you know, I would be able to help those people. And I, I don't see a whole lot of people that are doing that. So let me go do that. So, and so now I do, basically I, I do strategic, uh, appreciation consulting. And that's where I help people out. Like, Hey, look, despite the fact that you don't have a corporate size budget, I can help you be better than the corporate size budget without spending that kind of money. And that's how I help people basically double, triple 10 X 50 X, whatever their size that are depending on the business, how much bigger their businesses get from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, the, the, obviously this, this, the podcast you're on right now is, is, aimed at small businesses. Um, we, we do have some bigger business owners that listen to this, but mainly it's like you're saying, solopreneurs, small businesses, uh, people that are even startups. So they still want to show their gratitude. Uh, what are some ways people that are listening to this show that, that they could start implementing their gratitude in their business to help grow their business? Yeah. So gratitude is my favorite that my whole business is based on that. So uh, a couple of good ways is like, first off, I would tell you when you do next, the next time you do Actually, first, let's start over. The first thing is create a plan because I think the thing about gratitude that a lot of businesses that really kind of turns off a lot of people is that gratitude, whenever you hear that word, like if, like when you search gratitude podcasts, what you're going to find is like ever, all of this like spiritual, holistic, yeah. like Woo-woo airy stuff. fairy. Yeah, right. Stuff like that. And like we're business people, like, you know, give me some freaking results. Like, you know, so here's my bold saying is, Gratitude in business is completely worthless unless it's attached to a plan. So that's why I'm saying is like create a plan first. So, and by plan, I mean, pick a set of gifts, pick pick a set of timings. When are we, when are we going to send, send these gifts out? Uh, what are we sending out and who are we sending them to? And then put that all together. So create the plan first. Uh, when you do send out the gifts, make sure they don't fall on the bad gift list, which is like, 
make sure they're not consumables, no alcohol, no food. Make sure they're not one time. We call them fart in the wind gifts here, where basically <laughs> to make one. We call uh, basically if it makes one impression, it's a fart in the wind gift, uh, and that's mm. uh, one of the three anchors of appreciation, which is a different story. I'll tell you that later. But like, you don't want. So, for example, if I took you to lunch, or if I took you to the Super Bowl, they're both one impression. Now, after two or three weeks, both of those impressions will be forgotten and you will then move into the subconscious mind of your customer or prospect or whatever. Now, if I gave you a watercolor painting of your house when you bought your home, you're going to hang that up on your house. And every time you look at it, you're going to think of yeah. it. So, that's a th so make sure the gifts you're giving last. Make sure they have high quality. I used to give people cutting boards that they, the stereotypical realtor gift was a bottle of champagne or a cutting board. Now, the problem is a lot of the realtors that were giving cutting boards in my offices where they were putting like Remax or Keller Williams all over the cutting board with their contact information. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I don't want that. <laughs> so it's like, what I would do is I put like a monogram of their name, their last name. Then I have the last name under it. Then I have the address of the home. And then I'd have the, the date they bought the home on it. And it was like a, a 24 inch by 18 inch big ass piece of wood. And they were like, I'm never going to use this because it's so beautiful. I need to hang this up. <laughs> And like oh, people cool. would frame, yeah, people would frame these things and they, they would put them over their range oven, like, like their, um, like a kitchen to centerpiece kind of thing. It was a big, big, it was, it was used for everything other than a cutting board <laughs> and people loved them. So like, that's the kind of stuff that sticks and, and lasts like anything. like custom. I got people customized from Cutco that has a, like a favorite Bible verse or a quote they like, or just their last name engraved mm -hmm. on it. Like that kind of stuff that lasts because what, every time they pick it, basically we call it attacking the kitchen. Uh, here at Appreciation Advocate, because when you're attacking the kitchen, that's where people spend their time. So every time you pick up, I don't know, uh, a, an ice cream scooper or a pizza slicer or a set of steak knives or whatever, you think about where you got them from. And if it's from you, it's like every time they touch something in their kitchen or someone else touches something in their kitchen, they're going to think of you, which is how you stay top of mind. And when they entertain, then it's going to, oh, my realtor got me this really nice, I don't know, pizza cutter or whatever it is. Yeah, and then they start telling their friends. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and that, which kind of leads us to, to probably then there's the return on investment uh, of doing the gratitude, awesome. right? I, I would love mm -hmm. to hear if you have just maybe uh, like some some stories or or just or how are people yeah. that have worked with you surprised that they get a return on it? Uh, so it's because the, the the surprise comes in is because it's typically a longer term investment. It's like a two or three year process typically. Now I have been doing my stuff in real estate up until 2021 2022 so like i can tell you in 2022 i spent ten thousand five hundred dollars on my database uh for real estate so that ten thousand five hundred ended up becoming now because i've been doing this six seven years in a row it had built itself up i had made 166 thousand off of that 10.5 so the roi was stupid it's wow. like 15 15x or something yeah so like I, and you know now it's like do I spend 30,000 next year? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to no get that kidding. kind of ROI. <laughs> yeah. So like you get that. So, but that's the kind of ROI you, that, it's, it, that's not uncommon. Actually, it's fairly low compared to what some people are, are, are good at. Like, you know, some people who have been doing real estate for 30 years, 20 years, like they have bigger databases, they can do more people and they can get bigger ROI from that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so these ideas that you have, I forget the term you just used, but like, uh, the, the fart in the wind stuff. So, so not doing, don't do consumables, you know, it's gotta be something lasting memorable, but it also can't be tacky. You can't have these logos on it. 
where did you get these ideas from? Was it was it just being reactionary to all the bad ideas already out there? Or did you have a mentor? I mean, uh, yeah, both. I actually had a mentor. His name's John Ruland. He actually wrote the book Giftology, which is a great book on on gift giving and, and appreciation. So that's where it kind of started. And then I actually kind of created, came up with my own thing. I actually have a book coming out called The Impression Scale. Okay. Uh, and it talks about how to make good impressions and how to make impressions that last. And then how to implement gratitude as a plan into and combining them with good impressions. And that, that, that comes out in June. But like that, so it basically started with John Rulin and his book, Giftology, and then personal experience. Like, for example, like, I remember I had a, a guy got a gift once from a financial advisor who I pay this I, at the time it was, you know, I was into a whole life insurance policy, which I've come to learn is not exactly the greatest investment vehicle. But again, that's a controversial topic. A lot of people go back yeah. and forth on that. So like, um, so I've ended up switching whatever, but like, the, the point of the story is not to talk about the whole life insurance. It was basically, I was paying this guy 350 to $400 a month. And he basically like, after a year of me doing this, he gave me a $25 gift card and said, Hey, thanks for being a client. And I was like, what? Dude, I just paid you like almost four grand for the year. And it's like, or more, like more than four grand for the year, like 25 bucks. Like that's, think about that. So that's where the, that book I wrote, the impression scale, it was like, that's the impression that was made. Yes, you're giving a, now this is where the third anchor of appreciation comes in. It's like, goop, like bad gifts get the same, they get the same reaction that only good gifts should get. It's basically, we call it the, the false positive because the false positive anchor is basically people lie about the reaction. Like no one's ever going to tell you, hey, you know what? Lance, your gift effing sucks. You can go take this home and shove it up here. You know what? <laughs> yeah. like, no one's going to no yeah. tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, that's so true. I mean, you it's like nobody's going to remember the in-between. It's either it was really bad or it was really good. It feels like a it's like a date. Like I remember the really good dates and I remember the horrible ones too because those are the ones that you can tell stories on either end. In the middle, it's like, eh, whatever. It's forgettable. Um, yes. is, there, is there any... Of on your profile bio, I was reading like you've got this tagline of uh, the six secrets of uh, gift giving that generate massive amounts of referrals. So, is there any? Are there more that you have that you haven't already mentioned? I feel like you kind of maybe mentioned some of these secrets. Um, if there if there yeah. are, please add to them. Yeah. So there's all kinds of different things you could do. So for for there's what what did what did you say? The six secrets for getting more referrals or the six yeah. secrets? The six, six things six, off. Six, six, uh, the six secrets of gift giving that generate massive amounts of referrals. Okay, got it. So so gift giving. So all right. So we did talk about a couple of them. One was obviously not uh, talking, not giving from the bad gift list. Mm -hmm. Which stay off the bad gift list. Uh, the other things were don't be consumables. I think we had gone over that. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure that the focus is on the receipt. Or sorry, the focus is on the giver. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, a promotional item that the focus is on the giver. An actual gift is the focus is on the receiver. So you got to make sure the focus is on the receiver. Right. Uh, when you give a gift, there's nothing wrong with promo items. It's just the problem is when you give the promo item as a gift, that's where you screw it up. Like, I don't want, like, look at this, like, logo on my shirt. Like, I'm not going to give you this logo. I'm not going to give you this shirt. And say, like, hey, I would love, you know, it would be a really tacky thing for you to give me a big a t-shirt with a big inside the firm, you know, logo right on the front. You know what I mean? Like it would be cool if you gave it to the appreciation advocate, or if I gave you something that said inside the firm on it, you know, that would be cool because it's about you. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. hundred okay. percent. Um, let, let's pivot from the, the gifts, which by the way, these are all, uh, thank you so much for those kind of insights. Uh, sure. Very intriguing. 
Um, I'm looking forward to the book. I'll have to have you back on when you when you do publish the book because I would love to learn sure. more about that. Um, okay. If a if a small business owner asked you today, hey, what is Steve? What is one thing I could I could do? I could start doing today to improve my business. What would you say to them? Um, I, what I would do is I'd say rank your database. That's really, really important is knowing who the, who your best people are, the people who are most involved in you, who are most bought into you. Like I know whether it's tacky to say it or not, I'm going to tell you, not all relationships are equal. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just how it is in, in business and in life. Like there are certain people who are going to be the more priority and there are certain people who are not. And it's not always the people who spend the most money. Sometimes there are, sometimes it is that way. Sometimes it typically it's not uncommon for the people who have bought into you the most to be the ones who have also spent the most money with you because they, they like you. So they keep buying. Um, but those are like, it might be somebody who might not be, maybe you have a super fan that just doesn't have enough money to buy yet. And they, you know, it depends on, this is where it kind of comes into the subjective where you as a business owner, you have to identify that top 10%, top 20%. And you focus on those people because when you start loving on those people harder than everybody else, that's when the magic starts happening because those people are already your super fans, your, your, your raving fans. And they're the ones they're already telling everybody about you. Anyway, once you start loving on them, it's like putting it on steroids. It's like, Oh my God, like this guy's the CEO of a company and he's still writing me handwritten notes and he's still giving me specialized, personalized gifts that are, that, you know, obviously take time to do. He's not just like, he's not too busy for me. He's not too above me. Like when I was doing, you know, 20 plus million in sales in real estate. I was still sending handwritten notes and gift cards, not gift cards, uh, gifts to uh, my very, very first client. Like that's a big deal because I've had that guy for eight, nine years. And it's like, you've never forgotten me. You never got too busy for me. You were still just as cool as you are. You were then that you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, how, how, how do you think some people in, unintentionally poison their best customer relationships? And if they do it, what's your tips on how they could correct that? Yeah. So the, the, a lot of the typical gifting, like the, all right. So operating from the bad gift list is how people unintentionally do that. Okay. Uh, do it. So, so like when you're giving somebody a gift card, if you're buying somebody, um, Oh, gift cards are the worst. E-gift cards, gift cards, that those things are like absolute terrible gifts because they're, it's nothing screams, I'm too lazy and I don't have enough time for you to actually put in some effort into you that other than a gift card. Nothing says that better. <laughs> so uh, that's how you're basically unintentionally poisoning your your relationships there. Uh, and it, whenever you're even, even like, I'm even like flowers too. Like I really don't like them either because again, they're, they're dying a week and it's like, you're not, it's just what everybody else does. So sure. basically when you give somebody a gift or you show some kind of appreciation gesture that basically anybody can do, mm-hmm. or if they can go out and get it at Amazon by themselves or whatever, if they can go out and get it themselves or anybody else can do it, it's really, it's not that big of a deal. So what John Rule and my mentor said, he had said at one time in a podcast is showing up for people in uncommon ways. That's what reverses the the unintentional poisoning when you show up in an uncommon way like i had a client once and her dog died and her dog was so important to her and i had a watercolor painting of the dog made and sent to her like that's not something that's very uncommon and she's very thoughtful yeah yeah so like she frames it and and it's like it's it's not common it's showing up in an uncommon way like even for people's birthday i mean nobody does anything for people's birthdays anymore like people Everything, the most you get on your birthday, I know for me, it's the most annoying is when I log on my Facebook and there's like 97 notifications and they all say the same thing. 
yeah. they all say the same thing. It's all, I want to, I want a direct text. Yeah. I mean, that's the, <laughs> I, those people stand out to me is like when I get the direct text and they go, hey, I saw it on Facebook when I'm, you know, they don't even have to say it. I mean, they just send me something special, a note like directly to me or a call or some of my other friends who are like comedians will literally take a, a little video of it of themselves, like singing happy birthday to me and then text it and stuff like that. That's yeah. yeah, right. Next level. That's a difference. That's next level stuff. So like when you show up with that or a greeting card or, uh, you know, I have, I'd even sent um, a uh, little, uh, it depends on the client. So like, obviously I know it's, I said food is not a, uh, a, a not tip, it's on the bad gift list. Mm -hmm. It depends. Now these are, as John Rulin would say, these are broad lists that there are a few exceptions. Now, sure. obviously when I had a client who had uh, an obsession for brownies, so I sent him brownies and a greeting card and he was just like, and he sent me, he sent me a picture of himself with the brownie and the greeting card. He's like, this is amazing. I can't wait to <laughs> send more. <laughs> Do I only get one of these once a year? I was like, no. <laughs> so I can send more if you want. So but yeah. that's the kind of stuff like, that's the stuff in impressions. Well, in my book, The Impression Scale, it's gonna talk about literally how you make those impressions. Yeah, yeah, and showing up in uncommon ways. It's that's it's fast. I mean, that's fascinating. It seems like so obvious once you state these things, um, right? But you know, so like, how much of that then is on you from the beginning about noticing those little details? Like, are you just has it made you more extra detail? Is that part of the coaching or you know your service? Yeah. So I, I have another mentor. So obviously, John Rowland is a mentor of mine for like the gift giving side of things. But then I have another mentor, uh, Brian and Gabrielle Boucher, who they taught me a, a different aspect of my business. And what they, one of the things they taught me was you're always seeking to give what you never had. Mm -hmm. And that's a very interesting thing. And I was like, whoa, I was like, mind blown. That so was, was a like, great so, statement. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was like, and that's true. I never really had someone that actually gave me a ton of gifts or gave me an over the top appreciation. So, like, I'm always looking to give somebody that really cool, extra special feeling all the time. And, and that's what, so like, if I, it goes without saying my love language is giving gifts and receiving gifts. Like, <laughs> so like, uh, and I'm always looking to give that kind of stuff. And it's just hard because I don't have that. And not everybody is that way. So I don't typically get these waving, crazy, uncommon people don't show up for me like that. So I'm constantly looking to do it for everybody else. So like, that's one way I started. Um, and then because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, more of a creative mind and I'm always quite, I'm like every entrepreneur, I'm curious as all hell. And I'm always asking like how or why, or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what makes that move or what, you know, why is it like that? Or so like, I'm, whenever I see the, the fundamental path, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, door knocking for leads or cold calling for leads or whatever, or building a sphere of influence or whatever it is, I always look, look at it and I'm like, okay, that's the path that works. That's the principle. Now, is there another way to approach this path? Is there another way I can stay on this path, but move faster? And it's just, that's where things come. So like, I'm always looking for other ways to just kind of stay on the path, but go faster. I'm, I'm not looking to like try to go on the other, another path that that's leads harder. to nowhere. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I don't try to make a new path. It's harder. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, uh, clearly you must have employees. So I, I would love, I love insight from people who have also have employees and attract talent and all of that. What do you think the biggest secret is to maintaining top talent that you've attracted that most small businesses don't know or use? It's the, so just like customers, employees are people. 
So, yeah. and they have emotions and they, they want recognition just like customers are like, your, your customers pay the bills. That's great. But you don't have customers without your employees. And that's, and this is, I talk about this a lot in my, in the book too, chapters one and two, we'll go over this stuff, but like they, you'll too, if you, it comes, it's basically the same thing. Like you've got to come up with a plan. Okay. Who are my employees? And I need an appreciation plan for both and or or or, or three, all three of them or for both by both i mean both groups employees and customers um now i don't know how many employees are in each organization but depending on that you have a different basically what my company and i will do in the, in the strategic appreciation consulting part of it we'll we'll come up with a plan for all 500 employees or all five employees or 50 or whatever it is and because once you have the plan, it's easier to execute. Mm -hmm. It's just like sometimes people, they, they're just like, oh my God, there's 500 employees. I don't know what we're going to do. But like, and then when you get to that, that, um, that, that point where you, where you have the plan, now it's just about executing it and making sure that that plan, that appreciation plan is, is on reg, on a regular scale. Like, okay, it's going to happen monthly by, you know, every two months, but there has to be a regularity to it so that they know, and it has to be genuine. Like you can't just like, do it to do it. Like I've been on teams before where the team leader would come in and give you appreciation, but it was like such a hollow, weak, like, I don't know, mealy mouthed uh, compliment. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, that wasn't genuine. You're just checking a box and you can tell like mm. that's that you don't want to just check a box. You want to show up again, it goes back to let's just show up in uncommon ways for people. And like, how can we do that for our employees? I don't know, quarterly, or six times a year, or whatever the story is. Obviously, you don't want to like. I wouldn't say do it monthly because that starts to like, uh, you know, you overwhelm them. Mm -hmm. It just that kind of takes away the meaning. But if it's every two months or every quarter or every four months or whatever it is, like that's a little bit. That's like that's far enough. But it also is like, hey, you know what? Every quarter he does something cool for me. That's really cool. Like I appreciate that. Or, um, you know, I have another mentor of mine who he did. He has four hundred employees, and he does every. Every month he gives every employee a one three-day weekend. And I think that's really awesome. It's like, cause he wants them to take a break and he wants them to rejuvenate sure. and relax. Like, you know, you don't have enough time to go for like a massive vacation, but Hey, you know what? Go do a staycation, take your family, enjoy some time off. And you get to do that once a month. And I think that's a really great way to love on your employees and make them want to love being there. I mean, when you love on your employees, like their performance is going to go up. They're going to want to run through walls for you. Yes. And then your customer account is going to go up because they're going to want to go to work for you. You don't have to fight them. Like, I forget, I, I really forget who said this quote, but it was like, I know it was a president, but I don't know which one, <laughs> but it was like, um, it was like leadership is, is making someone else work for you and then wanting to do it. Or something like that. Yeah, I I know I, I I can't think of the president either, but I know where you're going with that. And some listeners probably yeah. just screaming at the radio right now. Yeah, <laughs> their yeah, headphones. Oh, I know who it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you all day long, Steve. We're running up on the half hour here. This has been a fantastic interview. I really appreciate your energy, and please do reach out again once you get the book going because I'd love to have you back sure. on. And we can talk about the book. Um, knowing okay. what you know now, and if you could go back in time to when you first started your business, what is one piece of advice you'd give your former self? Uh, I'd say focus on the relationships from the start, as opposed to the the bumblebee marketing that I did. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 focus on the relationships. Just stay yeah. there. Give that, love. that like that movie, like that movie Hitch, and he's just like, just stay right here, man. <laughs> just yeah, just stay right here. <laughs> Don't do all of this other crazy stuff. <laughs> just, just right here, man. Just right yeah. here. <laughs> stay in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Steve. Where can people find and follow you? And if they want to get on the train with these uh, these more thoughtful gifts, which it sounds like you've got the formula down, where can, where can they find, follow you and your company? Yeah, I mean, if you want to reach out, just send me an email at steve at appreciationadvocate.com or you can follow me uh, on my Instagram. You can go to appre or where my Instagram is uh, the, uh, appreciation advocate or you can go to my real estate stuff and that's at Philadelphia Real Estate Agent. So in, any one of those. But awesome. just going to Insta, just the email is probably best. I checked that the most. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much again for your time, Steve. We appreciate you. We look forward to having you on again, again, when that, when that book comes out. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Lance, thanks for having me, man.